The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. But first, experts and politicians are urging the Irish government to establish a dedicated intelligence agency separate from the Gardaí and the military due to perceived shortcomings in intelligence gathering. Finnegal MEPs have also highlighted a failure to prioritise intelligence sharing and propose a separate agency to ensure strategic intelligence for decision makers. I'm joined now by Security and Defence Analyst Declan Parr. Declan, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, what do we have at the moment? I mean, you're an ex-army man, so you're familiar with the Defence Forces side of things, but the Gardaí do it too. So what does each do? Well, the Gardaí have the primary role in domestic uh, national security matters in this country. They are, in effect, the uh, Irish version of MI5. But the issue that a lot of people who stand in, in space that is similar to mine would have is that it is primarily a law enforcement institution. So while it has a crime and security branch and within that they guard the security and intelligence uh, uh, desk, if you like, that it's not the Garda's primary role. And their focus, quite rightly so, is on security intelligence. So they have had a lot of success and they have a lot of uh, tradecraft uh, capacity and experience in that area. But there is more to intelligence than purely security intelligence and uh, configured to deal with law enforcement matters. The Defence Forces have the Defence Intelligence Directorate, uh, more commonly known as J2, not to be confused with G2, which was its original name. The J standing for joint, meaning that it deals with joint defence intelligence matters to do with air, land and sea. Now, by international standards, it's minuscule. It's very effective. It's very agile. Uh, its personnel are highly competent. But again, its primary, the primary role of the Defence Forces is as a military institution. And a lot of good people, I've encountered a lot of them and worked with some of them myself, would like to have had an entire career in that area. But to advance their careers in the Defence Forces, and similarly in Angarda Siakana, uh, you, you can't stay in that area completely. So expertise gets lost. Um, it, the focus is not purely on uh, intelligence and the calls for uh, a national strategic intelligence agency uh, is something of a different nature. The, it, the overview is broader, it's more encompassing. Mm. It harnesses elements that already exist within government and it would include uh, uh, commercial uh, industry uh, experience and experts and experts from academia because at the moment, I can only think at this point in time of two uh, civilian experts uh, that are employed within J2, and they're both ex-military, uh, and they're, they're, they're highly uh, competent in their areas, and they have international experience. But there is no mode of entry for people with various levels of expertise okay. into um, these services. Now, uh, we can look internationally, and we know that uh, in the United States they have the FBI, they also have Homeland Security, uh, the idea being to keep Americans safe uh, on the ground in the United States. And then you've got the CIA, the spies, uh, equally in Britain, you've got MI5, answerable to the Home Secretary, uh, keeping British citizens safe uh, by whatever means they can. But then uh, MI6, the spies. So uh, we have uh, the Gardaí doing some of the work, I suppose, of uh, MI5. Uh, the Defence Force, I'm not sure exactly what they're doing, but they're not spies overseas. Um, so there is no one kind of looking out uh, strategically at uh, our weaknesses. For example, it, o- it only seemed to dawn on us recently, oh, those fibre optic transatlantic cables, uh, we're vulnerable to interference by Russians severing those cables or whatever it might be. Um, when we have 
wind infrastructure off the West Coast. Uh, how do we keep that wind infrastructure safe? Nobody kind of thinking about that? Yeah, precisely. You're putting your finger on an important uh, aspect there. You see, it's not the job of Vanguard the or the Defence Forces to be doing the level of horizon scanning that a strategic intelligence agency would. Uh, the entities you mentioned, and I think it's important to note this, <coughs> such as the CIA or you know bigger power intelligence agencies, a big part of what they do involves clandestine operations, which is the stuff that gets the most attention in the international media. The you know the the, the clandestine operations that can often end with loss of life or, or assassinations. We're not talking about that in this situation at all. We're talking about intelligence uh, activities which involve the targeting of information to be obtained. And that can often, in fact, the majority of times be obtained through what's known as open source intelligence mm. gathering, which it requires a level of expertise, but it's not about clandestine operations. And the models we need to be looking at are not the CIA MI6 models, but the models of intelligence gathering and analysis used by small states like New Zealand, which is a very similar culture, both uh, politically and legally to us, our Scandinavian colleagues, <clears throat> who are very effective a national intelligence apparatus that uh, oversees and works in harmony with its military and police functions, but more crucially, has effective uh, political oversight. So the essence of what an, a strategic intelligence organization would be doing would be setting the uh, the targeting. Now, targeting sounds very military, but the decision making is what we need to focus on. What are the threats and how do they pertain to Ireland? Because while threats that pertain to the European Union are, of course, going to be a threat to us, we need to be able to look at it through an Irish lens. So when we talk mm. about uh, energy security threats, food security threats, the infrastructural threats that you quite rightly mentioned, uh, that we have clarity about them. Then the policymakers can agree to uh, collection methods, be they uh, to use defence or Garda methodologies or more open source methodologies. The quality of analysis, and that's hugely important, that we have a broader quality of analysis where we can draw in, draw in Irish academia, and industry experts, and then dissemination. And that's where expertise at a national level is important, that the information is disseminated to the appropriate people. There's a whole concept called the intelligence cycle. And information is just like crude oil until it goes through the intelligence cycle. And when it comes out, comes out the other end, it becomes the particular fuel that you need. And it's very important then that that gets directed to the particular policymakers. So there's another aspect to this too. And we should say that what we're talking about here is based on a paper that was produced for the Azure Security Forum, which is an Irish-based uh, think tank. And it was written by an English academic where he makes the point, which I find quite interesting, that other states, often the larger states, use intelligence uh, uh, to enhance competition. But that a smaller states can use intelligence to offset the lack of hard power and that it provides decision advantage. Now, a country like ours, it's a no-brainer. We need to harness uh, our soft power capacity and developing a, a national agency, call it what you will, that enhances our ability to horizon scan, to interpret threat according to what, uh, how it affects Ireland and to formulate solutions. Now, it's, it's something that I've been thinking about. I actually was writing a piece about it for this week's uh, Sunday Times because I see this as directly connected to the recent national risk assessment that was published, which you and your listeners uh, are familiar with. Yeah. And the, one of the things about the risk assessment is it talks about a variety of threats, some of which are offset by the war in Ukraine, some of which are offset by climate change. And I would argue where a strategic 
national intelligence agency kicks in, a national, a national agency that looks at things from a strategic perspective. It helps us focus on something like climate change in a way that we will formulate solutions that will be particular to ourselves, but in line okay. with our partners' so, thinking. So, for example, uh, things that we did not anticipate, we did not anticipate the pandemic and the, the closures, there were shortages of various uh, elements that we needed to combat uh, the pandemic, uh, whether it's something as simple as ventilators or face masks, whatever it might be. Um, but that kind of security that we need for food, for example, should there be a war in a wider Europe, um, security of uh, pharmaceuticals, all of those kind of things. Is that what this agency would do as well? Yes, uh, supply chain security would be an essential element of our national security. I mean, first of all, I, I would say two things should happen. One is that we should formulate a national security policy. We do not have one because people often confuse national security and defence. Defence is one particular thing which, of which the stewards of that are our defence forces. And of course, they need to have enhanced funding, not a ridiculous amount, but enhanced funding to do that. But national security draws all of those things in. So energy security, supply chain security, uh, there there are a couple of things that come to mind uh, when you talk about that. I mean, if we have more joined up thinking, it means that we make more effective decisions. And we have an entity called the National Security Analysis Centre. And that was meant to be the start of a, an overview of this. And it has been left wither on the vine. And we have the National Cyber Security Centre, which has gotten significantly beefed up in finance and assets and personnel. But it, shouldn't be, it should not be becoming a giant at the expense of the National Security Analysis Centre. What we should have is an overview of which all of those entities get the uh, assets and financing that they need and get focused in the direction that they need to be focused. And if we have one overarching organisation, we can do that much better. Right. Multi-agencies, history has proven to us that a multi-agency approach without an overview and oversight it can often create failures, such as what led to the 9-11 disaster and the lack of a sharing between FBI and CIA, for example. Uh, just a text here. Finnegal can suggest or even push for creating as many intelligence agencies as they like. But as long as they neglect, underfund and undersupport existing agencies, what's the point? Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil are all about breadth with no real depth when it comes to such policy making. Security in general, be it policing, military or otherwise in this country, has only been paid lip service to for decades roll the sleeves of politicians, take ownership of shortcomings and get it sorted, uh, so says Glenn. Do you, do, you, do you think, by the way, just the, the nature of our elections now with, uh, you know, multi-seat, single transferable vote, um, the inevitability of coalitions makes it difficult to do this kind of policy formulation? Yeah, it does, because I think what happens is that things become very much single issue. And, um, and and it can be one thing at the expense of another thing when it shouldn't have to be that way. And if I could link back that into what we're saying and what some of your listeners were, were saying there in their comments, if we had a, a, an entity, let's say INSEC, the National Security Analysis Centre, became it was given the, the weight that it needed in terms of personnel, in terms of, of overview and manpower. 
then it, it would be in a much better position to advise because its idea is that it has a direct line of communication to Antishuk. It sits within the office of Antishuk. And that an agency like that, if it was to grow into something like a strategic intelligence agency, would have that direct line of communication. So it would bring to the government's attention deficits in our area. It would bring to the government's attention areas we need to focus on. And there was one other area that uh, when we, we scooted through those uh, strategic issues that we neglected. And the pandemic actually threw up its importance. Disinformation, the, the dangers of not having an ability to horizon scan about the strategic threat of disinformation to a country, not just its ability to deal with the pandemic or uh, supply chain issues, but its uh, political integrity. And if we're to uh, safeguard our elections going forward, we need to be more aware of the threat of disinformation in confusing people and in peddling downright lies. Declan, thank you very much for joining us. That's Declan Parr, Defence and Security Analyst. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.